You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Philippines win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Derek Gould, beat writer for the Post-Dispatch, with us in eight minutes on sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Travis Ford was with us at 1030. If you want to hear that interview, that was a good one from Travis, the head coach of the Billikens. He's got to be thrilled with his team's win over Dayton, 72-61. You can hear that by going to the Odyssey app right now and rewind back to the 1030 spot. We also post this show as a podcast all over the place. In fact, you can subscribe to it on iTunes. I do. Well, I should. Uh, (laughs) I'm the host of the show, for goodness sakes, but it's sports on a Sunday morning on iTunes. That's all you have to do. Just put in sports on a Sunday morning and you can hear all of the episodes that we've done since we've been on iTunes going way back. So it, it really is great. 10-15, the voice of the Illini, Brian Barnhart, was with us. And we heard from Luke Yaklich of UIC, the new member of the Valley. Lots of college basketball discussion. Now we shift over to baseball. And we hear from Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch at 11-15. We'll talk about the upcoming Super Bowl between the Bengals and that other team, with Mark Adams from Cincinnati. Now, he is a college basketball analyst, but he is as enthusiastic as anybody about the city of Cincinnati. And I am completely on board with the Cincinnati Bengals and everything that they stand for. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that going back to their last Super Bowl appearance, I was pulling for them in that one against the 49ers. As much as I liked the 49ers then, and I loved Joe Montana, that Boomer Esiason team was fun. And the best part was Icky Woods doing the Icky shuffle on the sideline after he scored a touchdown. It was just a fun team. Well, they haven't been back to the Super Bowl since. And I don't know about you, and this goes beyond that other team and that, you know, crook of an owner and weasel of a COO that he has alongside him. It's not about the other team as much, although this does have a big part of it. But I've always rooted for franchises that have suffered. I've always been in the corner of fan bases that have been tortured. And that's why I pulled for the Buffalo Bills. That's why I pulled for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's what, no, I understand we're the voice of the Chiefs. I get it. We have the Chiefs games on KMOX. Doesn't mean I have to sit there and be a Chiefs fan, does it? I mean, I always root for the St. Louis Blues, of course, as a kid. That's probably what drove this more than anything. I grew up a Mizzou fan. Mizzou has never been to the Final Four. Mizzou has not won a national championship in college football either. It's just part of my upbringing. I don't root for teams that win and win and win. Now, I grew up a Cardinals fan. That's You're never going to take that away from me. The Cardinals win. They win a world championship. They've won 11 of them in my lifetime. 
I've been able to see three of them, 82, 06, and 11. Hopefully you could see a lot more. But I am very excited for the Cincinnati fan base, and Mark Adams will be with us. And I, but I, but I will admit, I mean, I don't know that I will ever root for a team harder in the Super Bowl, except when a St. Louis team was in it in Super Bowl 34 and 36. I will root extremely hard against an owner and a team that was ripped out of here unfairly. And I don't care. $790 million does not soothe that wound for me. And uh, it'll be a long time. You can say whatever you want, but I, I will not get over that one. But I will be very happy if Cincinnati wins the game. Now, we have a lot going for us here in St. Louis. There's no question about that. We are a thriving, exciting sports city. We have an MLS team going up just to the west of this building, Western Union Station. That is going to be a whole lot of fun. We have just to the west of that a college basketball team that we talked about for much of the 10 o'clock hour that is the city's basketball team and absolutely deserves your attention. And they are fun and they represent the city and they are going to be good for a while. That is a program that is absolutely on the rise. I don't think there's any question that they could eventually be what they've always wanted to be. They've always wanted to be like a Gonzaga. They've always wanted to be like a Duke. You're not going to get to Duke's decades of stardom, but smaller school with great support gains national attention. That's what St. Louis University wants in their basketball program and beyond in their athletics program. So I think it is absolutely worthy of your support. And that was a real college basketball atmosphere yesterday at Chaffetz Arena. We have a hockey franchise that has an incredibly loyal fan base that has unbelievable desire and knowledge and an owner of a hockey team, or I should say a governor, a chairman, because he represents a lot of investors in in the team of the St. Louis Blues and Tom Stillman, that they just do it the right way. They care about the community. They care about growing the sport. They care about the youth here in St. Louis. They care, and that's incredibly important. And then you have the iconic St. Louis Cardinals, 11-time world champions, never, ever take for granted what they mean to the entire region and in some parts of the country, just pockets of Cardinals fans, and, and what that means to those fans to come to St. Louis and be in the heartbeat of it all. That's a, a very special thing for St. Louis that we will never, ever let go. And by the way, they get criticized more than anybody else because people care and have cared and think they know best about their first love, the St. Louis Cardinals. And that's totally understandable and acceptable to me and should be to everybody else. You should love the fact that there is tons of passion about the St. Louis Cardinals negatively and positively every year. That's how it's supposed to be when you have a great sports franchise and you care a lot about it. The big problem right now for me is the fact that there is no baseball to talk about. And that's a real issue. I mean, it's a real, real issue. If you, if, if baseball does not have their act together by the end of the Super Bowl, they have a problem because I'm, I, the casual sports fan has not paid attention to baseball whatsoever. And they are immersed in football. And when the NFL, the king of all the professional sports, is finished on February 13th, they're going to say, now where do I go? And if baseball's not there, they are missing out. They are absolutely missing out. And it would be a shame to not have something put together this week. And you know what? I don't think they will. The, this All signs are pointing that they won't. 
Now, we'll get an update from Derek Gould here in just a few minutes. Maybe he can steer me back into a positive direction. But I don't, I, I'm not happy with, and I'm not taking a side either, but I'm just not happy for the fans because they deserve more than that. We'll take a break. We come back. Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch will be with us. We will talk Major League Baseball, the Cardinals, the players, the owners. It's all next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kim! Kansas City on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 11-17 on KMOX, the home of the Cardinals, and we're wondering when are we going to hear baseball again, and that is where we bring in post-dispatch beat writer Derek Gould, the award-winning. Congratulations on your terrific award. Once again, the best sports writer in the state of Missouri, Derek. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Yeah, and then uh, nice, nice honor to share with uh, John Rooney, who I'm not a sportscaster of the year for the state of Missouri. So nice little nod to, uh, to St. Louis in that regard. Yes, something probably about the uh, team we cover as much as how well we do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just talked about that before the break is that, you know, I get, <clears throat> I get all fired up this time of year cause I'm ready for spring training to start and, and for our incredible listeners and, and fan base to engage with us. And, and I am one who have always loved negative and positive feedback because it's the passion that stirs within the fan base. And it is remarkable, isn't it? How much care is put into this team. I will say that uh, with as someone who grew up here, people care so much about this team that there is a, a bit of a void right now for me uh, what about for you, someone who covers it on a daily basis? Yeah, you know, there's just not a whole lot of um, forward progress towards the season. You know, it's like this would be time. I mean, think back, right, a year ago at this time, they just made the Arenado trade and, you know, really, really radically changed the, the look of their offseason. Um, you know, taking on that huge contract, Arenado being such a big part of forcing – that deal to take place, doing all he could to make that deal tra- take place, just all of it. And, and then a few days before that, they had signed 
uh, Adam Wainwright. And right about this time was when Yadier Molina was coming back from the Caribbean World Series to sign his contract with the Cardinals. So you had the remarkable action in all of seven days, eight days, and now there's just nothing. I mean, there's some minor league signings because they can sign deals off of the 40-man, but there's not much buzz. Um, they're not, you know, some teams are talking. The Cardinals have adopted a stance of not talking to the public or not talking to the media, um, not talking to the public through the media, I guess is the way to say that. Um, so there's just not much conversation about um, from the team or about what the team could do that, that usually happens around this time of year. Uh, no question. And at this point, you're already down there, probably February 6th, getting ready for everything to happen about a week later, getting some early advanced stories going. And we just don't know when the start of spring training will be. As I understand it, before we kind of get into the meat of this, is that you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about February 16th that you had to have a deal done by now because you, you, you need a couple weeks to get everybody, get the logistics, COVID-19 protocol, people into the country, et cetera. And if you want to start... Right. March 31st, the regular season, you probably need March 1st to be the start date of spring training, which means in about 10 days, you have to have a deal done. Do I, do I have it about right? Yeah. Um, my, my, the way it's been explained to me is you had to have progress toward a deal, say some kind of agreement of general structures or the big issues that then over the next eight days could tighten up into a deal, right? And that progress, you could start working towards spring training in that time. Like like you said, you got to get work pieces. You got to go through COVID protocols. They got to agree on some of the COVID protocols. All those things are in place. So you, they wanted to have forward progress toward a deal, agreement on some of the bigger things right about now to start spring training on time. Um, that all along was not much of a... Uh, you know, a deadline um, starting spring training on the traditional time. But you're right, that first week of March, um, I've, I've heard March 4th mentioned as you want to have some agreement in place that a deal is done. And then over the next eight days, they could work on it as teams report. But you're right. I mean, it's, we're right in the thick of when they start, uh, where every day spent without a deal is a day deleted from spring training at this point. If you if the if MLB lifts the lockout, then that would mean that we're getting close, and that's kind of what what you were talking about. That, that you're close to an agreement, or at least you're at the point where both sides are getting closer, and you can start resuming activity, and then eventually an agreement gets done. Um, how do we get there? I mean, that's a complicated question, but how do we how do we get there? What is the furthest apart right now between the union and management? So. Well, I mean, there are a huge financial gap there on how they're going to pay pre-arbitration players from the pool. So you can just put a dollar figure on that where one side is, is suggesting that the pool be $10 million and the other side drops their request to $100 million. So you're talking, you know, a gap 10 times the size at that point. Um, of greater concern at this point, Tom, is just the lack of conversation um, either because the owners are resistant to it or because the players want to try to get some agreements elsewhere on on the CBT, which is essentially the luxury tax, right? The number above which when teams pay their payroll above that number, they start incurring penalties. The, the players want that higher. Um, the owners don't want to negotiate that at all. It, it hasn't really moved much, um, like the minimum salary, another thing 
that they want to have, you know, that the players want to see higher. Um, the owners have acknowledged that it could be higher, but the players want to see it even higher than it is. These two things have not really changed much over the last few years and have acted as mechanisms that have led to actually decreases in the average salary. So, you know, they want to see some movement in that, and there just really hasn't been. Again, that's either because one side has said this is a non-starter for us or the other side said, well, we're not going to get anywhere in that. Um, Let's try to work on some other things first. When the word got out that owners wanted to bring in a federal mediator, my mm-hmm. first reaction was, well, great. I mean, that's that's what you need. Let's get these sides talking. Let's go. Let's get somebody neutral in there to get them going. And then when the players responded and said, no, we don't want a federal mediator. We're going to reject that. We need to get back to the table. I'll admit my thought there was, well, they have a point. I mean, we need to get the two sides back together and talking and not delay this any further. I don't know. I... I what was your reaction to all of that, if any? Well, my thought was, first and foremost, the, the Major League Baseball had said that they would come to the union with a counteroffer after the most recent offer from the union. And instead of doing that, the union learned through media reports that the MLB had gone and sought a third-party mediator, gone to the government to say, hey, we'd like to invite a mediator to the table. A completely voluntary process. Um, you know, the union could agree to it, and the suggestions of the mediator would not be binding. So keep that in mind. But I did think it was a little odd that the union would learn of the Major League Baseball not offering a counterproposal and instead going to the mediator. It just seemed a little bit um, like throwing their hands up in the air without making the phone call, right? And, you know, if you're going to have negotiations in good faith, maybe go to the union first and say, hey, look, well, let's do a mediator here because our counterproposal is not going to make you happy either. Um, instead, the, the order of events weren't that. And that, that's a little bit disconcerting. And you can see why the union would push back on that because the union doesn't want to get in the spot where they reject a mediator. Um, the owners can come over the top and say, well, now they're, they're not, they refuse to negotiate. They refuse to seek help and declare an impasse. And, then, and that's a big word. Um, in this, and they can start imposing things. That's where you don't want to get. Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely right. You know, I think back to 1994, and mm-hmm. if I have this history right, the players decided to walk away because it was at a time in the summer when it would hurt the owners the most, and the thought was, well, they won't cancel the World Series. I mean, they're going to have to come back to us. And then the owners said, guess what? World Series canceled. And then this lingered into 95 and created a real mess. I don't know that we're going there, but the players do seem dug in. And, you know, I guess any sort of back and forth or volley, as you put it in your great story in the Post-Dispatch, is something rather than silence. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we can learn a little bit from what happened in 94 and 95 because there are some faint outlines of similarities, right? You're right. I mean, you know, people ask, well, What's the difference between what happened then and what happened now? Well, the big thing was that the owners started a season without a CBA. So they did not lock the players out in spring training and say, we need to come to an agreement. The owners said, well, we'll continue with the current agreement while negotiate um, and essentially ceded them the power of the players to strike. Um, the players did that, as you mentioned, when it would hurt most um, there when they felt like the urgency was highest. They did 
uh, you know, there was a request for a mediator, um, and they, the, both sides did go to it. It did not go well. And the result of that was the cancellation of the World Series. Um, eventually, you know, there was a declaration of an impasse, and it did get to the courts, if you remember. And even then, I mean, even some of that stuff was just settled not too long ago because there was uh, the argument that <clears throat> the owners had <clears throat> prematurely or, uh, or unfairly declared that they could not negotiate. Uh, Derek, I, I have this question, too, and that is with regard to tanking and a draft lottery. How uh, realistic is that, as the two sides have talked about that, haven't they? But it, it does come down to the number of picks involved in that lottery. Correct, yeah. So there are some elements, and that's one of them, a draft lottery, where both the agree, which I think is fascinating. One, you know, we mentioned earlier that, you know, they do see the need to pay younger players earlier before the arbitration. It's how they get there. Um, two, that the draft lottery would significantly change the value teams put on draft picks, and they would disincentivize tanking, you know, the race to the bottom, so to speak. It would make it far more likely for a team to say, well, we got to compete to get to 82 wins as opposed to why compete to get to 82 when we can spend less and get 74, 71, and maybe get the first pick. Or what we've seen um, a little this past year, all the 100 lost teams. So both sides have kind of keyed on this draft lottery as a way to address tanking, and it's just a matter of where, where the difference is is the teams involved. Um, you know, one side wants more teams involved. The other side wants fewer. Um, you know, the owners want to limit the number of teams that have access to the draft lottery. The union is floating the idea that you'd have more teams involved. Um, that way it makes sense, right? The, owner, the, the union wants to get more teams spending money and thus, you know, have them fall just shy of the playoffs but still be eligible for the draft lottery. Well, there's a very nice story written by Derek on the situation, and I know he's following it closely, but I have to close here with one Cardinals question because we've gone 13 minutes without talking Cardinals, and that is the fact that there will actually be activity in Jupiter, won't they? Because won't there? Because the minor league players who aren't on the 40-man can start working out, and I do believe that uh, we'll have a gathering of owners down there. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, first, coming this week, this next week, um, the owners meetings, not the Cardinals owners meetings, but the Major League Baseball owners are in Florida. Um, so look for that to be kind of the next milestone for this, especially as I would imagine uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred's going to have a press conference there. It, at some point in time during the week, they have to acknowledge the delayed start to spring training. They're going to have to like actually acknowledge that, I would imagine. Um, but to the Cardinal point, um, that first week of March, yeah, minor league camp is going to open. Um, teams are not going to open camps early, minor league camps early, but they are going to open. Um, so for players not on the 40-man roster, and for the Cardinals, that's a wealth of their top prospects. You know, you're talking about Nolan Gorman. You're talking about Matthew Libertor. These are some players, um, you know, Alec Burles, and these are guys who could contribute at some point in the 2022 season and they'll be able to start on time, work with coaches. They are already can. Um, some of them rehabbing, you know, like Ian Bedell. Those guys working uh, back from injury can work with coaches, can work with club officials, can be there at the site. Um, it's the guys on the 40-man that cannot, which really puts like a pinch on 
a young player like a Juan Pez, right, new to the 40-man roster um, and can't go to minor league camp, um, doesn't have that benefit at a year when they're counting on him to contribute right from the get-go. Derek, I really appreciate the time. I always say this. If you can start your day with a coffee and a newspaper and KMOX Radio, you're in good shape. And the Post-Dispatch beat writer, Derek Gould, does such a terrific job. I really appreciate the time on this. Yeah, it's a pleasure talking to you, Tom. Uh, Hopefully we get to see each other in Florida at some point here, um, as opposed to just talking about how there's not much baseball to talk about. I'm with you on that. I miss it, and uh, we'll have a good time down there. I'm going to remain optimistic. Uh, Best to you, and uh, I'll see you down there. All right, looking forward to it, Tom. Hurricane wings on me, all right? Oh, man, you're on on that. I can't wait. Love that. Derek Gould, Post-Dispatch beat writer. On KMOX, we'll come back. Mark Adams. A little Cincinnati education for us as the Bengals get set to play in the Super Bowl. It's 1132 from the Stiefel Sports Studio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Iron Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Iron Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. IronJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Look who we found, Cincinnati's very own, specifically Springboro, Ohio. We are excited about talking some basketball and some Bengals football. Who day with Mark Adams of ESPN. How are you, Mark? Who day, Tom Ackerman. Great to hear from you. You know, always good to hear a friendly voice. And you know, I rarely do interviews regarding football because I really don't know anything. 
So this is going to be perfect. fun. Yeah, yeah. perfect. We, that's that's all we need because we actually don't want to talk X and O's, X's and O's of football. Good. We want to talk Good. about Cincinnati because let me be honest with you, Mark. We are on board in St. Louis. Now, I don't want to represent everybody because I do understand that some people, for whatever reason, have still hung on to the Rams, whether they just like the players or they like uh, you know the, the uniform or whatever it is. And they, do, they like to tell me that they root for the players, not the owner. But I would say 99.9% of our listening audience is on board with me on this. Go Bengals, go. Now, uh, we're tired of, uh, of seeing the Rams, especially in their own stadium. The Bengals come in exciting. Uh, they come in hot. They come in hungry. They look like a team of destiny, Mark Adams. And I got to think that the city of Cincinnati is just in love with this football team. Yeah, absolutely on fire. You know, Tom, I go back to the beginnings of the franchise when a guy by the name of John Stoffer was the quarterback, and then it, it turned out that his backup was a guy by the name of Sam Weish. And, of course, Sam Weish, you know, led the Bengals to the Super Bowl against the 49ers. And, and uh, you know, it was a different time, Tom. I mean, I went to Forest Park High School on the northwest side of Cincinnati. And Sam Weish, who's the, the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals at this time, came to our high school to speak to us as part of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Now, is Aaron Rodgers doing that today? I'm just asking a rhetorical question. Right. You know, I mean, it was just a whole different time, but, but that was the fabric of the city and how the team invested in the city back when it first came on board when Paul Brown was the coach. And then now fast forward and you go through Boomer Esiason and that great run. But, man, it's been hard to watch, I mean, for decades. And it even became a time where I just didn't watch. I just gave up. You know, I'm, I'm a bad fan that way as far as the Bengals go because there was just no hope. Guys were getting arrested. It was just it was embarrassing. The, the, the franchise was embarrassing as to how they behaved on the field. And then they draft this guy named Joe Burrow. And I happened to watch the very first game just for fun. You know, I, saw, I heard about this guy. I'm going to watch him. I saw him in the national championship game. Tom, it was different. The whole team behaved different. Uh, to this point where they're behaving like champions now. And it's just been so much fun to watch this team change overnight when Joe Burrow came on board. Now, they didn't win right away, and he got hurt last year. But uh, to, to watch them rally around their quarterback, who just really gets it. They love him. We love him in Cincinnati, and we're, we're glad he's a Bengal. Of course, local product out of Athens High School, you know, home of the Ohio Bobcats. So he's, he's really a home state, hometown kind of guy. And um, he, he plays with a certain swagger that's just contagious. This is the call from Westwood One. Ninth red zone snap of the day. They do not have a touchdown. Shotgun. Burrow. Looks. Floats. Left side. Caught. Jamar Chase. Touchdown. Yeah. Cincinnati. He wins the battle against Fenton. And the Bengals are back in it. He has that LSU connection with Jamar Chase. And the Bengals won that game at Arrowhead Stadium beating the Chiefs 27-24, and the excitement around the Bengals. Tell us about the city of Cincinnati. We know very well the Reds, and of course that Cards-Reds rivalry that goes way back, and you and I have talked on the air about that before. But the Bengals, uh, take me back to 1988. Uh, this was, you know, only a few guys on this team were even born then, but uh, b- by then. But they play the 49ers in the Super Bowl, and those were really good teams. And the icky shuffle, of course, is what I remember yeah. as a kid watching that team. You know, and the, the most troubling thing about this, and this might have been the, the, the downfall of the franchise from that point on, was that, uh, you know, a player by the name, I think his name was Stanley Wilson, 
actually had a, a drug issue uh, the night before the game, and, and there was all kinds of controversy went along with that. He didn't play, but the Bengals really battled, had a chance to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, you got Joe Montana with the ball late in the game, and we all know what happens. And, you know, Boomer Esiason became a great quarterback, and, and uh, Joe Montana became a legend. Uh, otherwise, it would have been Esiason who became the legend, who's still pretty doggone good, by the way, and love him on television. But uh, this city is just electric. Look, we love our Reds. We're, we're passionate about our Reds. Uh, the difference is, is that the Reds typically are, are competitive. You know, they're in the hunt. They're around. But now the Cardinals, of course, I'm a closet Cardinal fan, by the way, <laughs> that when the Reds falter, I root for the Cardinals. That way I have a fallback position, which has been very convenient for, for some years, by the way, a lot of years. But, you know, the, the Bengals, uh, because they haven't been around as long as the Reds, but there's a real passion for football. Cincinnati is a big high school football city. And now the University of Cincinnati is a, is a national program. And so now to have the Bengals, you know, following that up with our high school tradition and then the collegiate tradition that Cincinnati just really under Luke Fickle, and then now having our pro franchise, uh, not just relevant, but on the cusp of a Super Bowl championship. Our city is electric right now. I'm proud to be from Cincinnati, you know, the Dayton, Cincinnati area. And uh, it's just been wonderful to watch our city have so much pride in their team. It is exciting, no doubt about it. And one thing I like about Cincinnati is you, you have a similarity to us in that, you know, there yeah. are some quirky things about it that are just for Cincinnati, just like St. Louis has. Food, for example, you have Skyline Chili, yeah. we have Emo's Pizza. It's not for everybody, but it's for us. It's what we like. Yeah. What can we yeah. do to be like Cincinnati natives this week? I mean, is there anything that we could do that kind of get us ready for the Super Bowl? Or what could we serve inside our homes to, to put us in that mode? Well, well, certainly Skyline Chili would be one thing. And then Montgomery and Ribs, back mm-hmm. up, you might remember the great comedian Bob Hope, who God rest his soul, but he would actually have ribs, and people still do this today. Uh, they order ribs from, Mont- from Montgomery Inn that are sent all across the country. You know, so, so Montgomery and Ribs would be another one. Uh, anything pork-related, now not many people know this, but Cincinnati, once upon a time, instead of Cincinnati, there was some talk about Cincinnati being called Porkopolis because all the pigs came through Cincinnati for butchering and things like that. Uh, Here's another little thing for you. So in Cincinnati, we have a lot of Germans. And so Germans as a, as a breakfast treat, like Geta, and it's, it's a, it's like a a ground up pork type of thing. You don't exactly know what it is. It's sort of like, it's sort of like hot dogs that are ground up, but we love it in Cincinnati. And then you can put, you know, uh, eggs over easy on it for your morning before the Super Bowl. So I'd say Geta, uh, I'd say, uh, Skyline Chili, Montgomery Inn, Ribs, you know, all those kinds of things. La Rosa's Pizza also. Those are all things that, that uh, put, put, put a few pounds on you, but we love it in Cincinnati. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, you know what? We'll take a look at it. Final <laughs> thing, Mark, uh, your, your main job is, of course, a great analyst of college basketball on ESPN. You and I worked together in the Missouri Valley Conference yeah. for a number of years. Uh, speaking of Dayton, they took it on the chin here yesterday. SLU got him yeah. 72-61, and we've talked a lot about that on the show here today. Just your overview of college basketball right now. I know you've focused on the American Athletic Conference, but you have your eye on all teams across the country. Well, older is better. You know, once upon a time, we were talking about the one and dones. Now it's older is better. All, all, all coaches have changed so much, Tom, that they're, some of them aren't even recruiting high school kids anymore. They're just looking for the transfer portal. And I'm a free market guy. I think you've got to have customer satisfaction. 
And so I don't have a problem with guys transferring if that's what they want to do. Uh, I'd also like to give a shout-out to Travis Ford and how, what a profile and courage he has been. I actually watched the St. Louis State game yesterday. Ray Giacoletti, the assistant there, is a really, really good friend of mine. He's one of my best friends. And, and to watch what Travis has gone through personally and how he's persevered and how his team's rallying around him, it, it was really inspirational. And, look, I love the Dayton Flyers. That's where I started my broadcast career. I love the, love the UD Arena, the Dayton Decibel Dungeon, those great fans. But what a what an atmosphere at SLU yesterday. And I'm, I'm really happy for the Billikens to, to get that win because what Travis has been through and, and to see that team and him in that way is just really inspiring. Last thing I'll leave you with, big game today that you might want to check out, Houston at Cincinnati. Uh, Tom, Houston is the toughest team in the country, period, end of story. Uh, Kelvin Sampson has, has overcome Two players that are both all-conference players. Marcus Sasser would be the player of the year, probably. Tremont Mark would be a first-team all-conference guy. He lost both those guys. And all they've done is win since then. They're the number six team in the country right now. They're two in the net. And this is the toughest team in America. And for my book, uh, for my money, Kelvin Sampson is the national coach of the year. We'll keep an eye on that. That tips off at 5 o'clock on ESPN2. One o'clock game for Missouri State at home against Loyola. That's a big game to see how good yeah. Missouri State is after they got Loyola up in Chicago. That one is also on ESPN2. So you could, after you listen to KMOX all day, of course, ESPN2 at 1 for that game. And at 5 o'clock for the Houston-Cincinnati game, Mark Adams, the Cincinnatian, is with us. And we appreciate this so much. Thanks for the time. And who day? Go Bengals. You bet. I love you, Tom. You're a great friend. And uh, keep having fun. Love you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Back in a moment on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 11.48 from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. The... The show has really been fun. We talked a lot of college basketball in the 10 o'clock hour. You can go back and listen to it on our podcast when it posts on iTunes or KMOX.com, or you can go right now on the Odyssey app and just rewind back to the 10 o'clock hour and start us all over again. 10.15 was Brian Bardhart, the voice of the Illini. Travis Ford was at 10.30. And we had Luke Yaklich of UIC. We had Derek Gould talking a lot of baseball with us in the lockout situation, which made me feel maybe a little bit better when he mentioned the hurricane wings, James. That that got me back into Jupiter mode. I just want to get back to Jupiter. 
as soon as we can so we can bring you every throw, every swing of the bat, everything that happens down in Jupiter, Florida with the St. Louis Cardinals. Of course, right here on KMOX and in the post-dispatch from Derek Gould, who does a terrific job. Following the NHL when they're not playing is sort of a, you know, lackluster thing for me. I mean, I paid attention, of course, to Jordan Cairo when he was the fastest skater in the skills competition. Take that, Connor McDavid. New fastest skater in the league, baby. Jordan Cairo, we all knew that he was going to be a great star, and he is. He actually scored a couple of goals yesterday uh, in the All-Star game, scored the first goal of the game for the Central. So here's how they do this. They have semifinals. So the Metropolitan beat the Pacific 6-4. to four. Then the Central beat the Atlantic Division 8-5. to five. Kairou represents the Central. He scored the first goal of the game from St. Louis and Clayton Keller and Alex DeBrinkett, and they assisted on the Kairou goal to make it one to nothing Central. Then when it was 4-3 Central, Kairou with another goal. This one assisted by Roman Yossi and Joe Pavelski. That put the Central up 5-3 in the second period. Kairou also assisted on a goal by DeBrinkett in the first period to put the Central up 2-1. But his goal, the second of the game for him, made it 5-3 yesterday. And the Central division went on to beat the Atlantic division 8-5. Kairou assisted on another goal by Yossi later to give them a 6-4 lead. They won it 8-5. That put them in the final against the Metropolitan, and they lost. No points for Kairou. Actually, he did have an assist in that game, I beg your pardon. Had an assist in that game. Uh, the only Blues representative in the All-Star game. He had an assist on a Kadri goal. Boy, I don't like Kadri. Not one bit. Uh, but Kairou did assist uh, on the goal for him. And the Central lost to the Metropolitan 5-3 to three in that matchup. That was the All-Star game. I, I don't really get all that, why they have to play three games, but this is because they're trying to figure out a way to represent as many players as possible and divide it into divisions, so that's how they do that. And the Metropolitan beat the Central in the All-Star game. Now you get the season back going again, and I think the Blues will be pretty tough. I think the interesting thing will be, after we've established now that Cairo is a star, he has a couple of goals yesterday for the Central, and we've established that he's the fastest skater in the league and that he's one of the exciting scorers on this team and in the league, that the Blues also have very good talent in Ryan O'Reilly and Braden Shen and Brandon Saad, and they have all these great forwards. Vladimir Tarasenko's having a nice year and on and on. On defense, might be where they could use a boost. And so I think the question is, which defenseman do you go after? And what are you going to have to give up for said defenseman? Are you going to have to give up somebody on your current roster? Do you dare give away one of your great prospects? Or do you focus on trying to assemble draft picks if you're Doug Armstrong and go get your man? But I think the Blues do need another defenseman, somebody with some experience, preferably somebody with some toughness and likes to create some space. One thing that they've lacked, and they're a good team, but one thing they've lacked since the Stanley Cup team were those big, long defensemen. You know, Bo Meester was somebody who was just savvy, but he also had that long reach. They had a lot of big guys. Edmondson was a big guy, but he brought the thunder. Um, even a guy like Gunnarsson had a, had a longer reach. You know, just some of these veteran defensemen who make plays for you, who keep things moving at the way that you want, that's what they miss. And I'd love to see them try to 
pull the trigger on a deal, but it's easier said than done. I will remind you that the Blues' next game is this coming Thursday, February 10th, and it's a rescheduled game. The Blues previously had a game against the Devils right around Christmas get moved because of COVID protocol. And it is now scheduled for February 10th. So if you had a ticket to the Devils game in late December, it's good for this Thursday, February 10th. The Blues will be back at Enterprise Center at 7 o'clock for that game. Certainly look forward to seeing the Blues back in action. Again, at in Vegas is where the All-Star game was, and it was Philadelphia's captain, Claude Giroux, scored three goals before the Metropolitan Division completed that 5-3 win over the Central. A three-on-three match of the NHL All-Star game. Seven-time All-Star, first MVP for Claude Giroux. In golf, Jordan Spieth fired a 9-under-63 to go from 10 strokes behind the second-ranked leader, Seamus Power, to one shot behind the leading trio of Bo Hossler, Andrew Putnam, uh, at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, a career-best round for Spieth at Pebble Beach. And that bodes well for him, looking forward to the 2022 golf season. It just feels right again when we're playing golf and, and hopefully in front of great big galleries, looking forward to the 2022 season. You have the Masters followed shortly thereafter by the PGA Championship, which is now played in May, and that'll be close by within driving distance at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the U.S. Open, uh, the Open Championship, just can't wait for golf to return, and, of course, the Ascension Charity Classic at Norwood Hills here in St. Louis. What an event that was. If you made it out, you know what I'm talking about. They expected 30,000 people. They drew 51,000 in a pandemic, and golf remains the sport in a pandemic. Golf is absolutely booming right now. And that is a great thing for St. Louis. St. Louis has become a golf destination. We are already have the wheels turning for the President's Cup at Belle Reve in 2030. It'll be here before you know it. The planning for that will be here before you know it. And who knows what happens between now and then. There could be even more lined up when you have the best players in the world raving about St. Louis and the surrounding golf fans in the region and the beauty of Bell Reef Country Club and all that they did there. Now Norwood Hills has the PGA Tour's attention. That's the thing, is that PGA Tour champions, a huge part of the PGA Tour, when you have some of these legendary players like Ernie Els and some of these great players, legends of the game, Jack Nicholas and Tom Watson, not participating in the actual tournament but raving about St. Louis as well, they all listen. And St. Louis is on the map right now. So I I think this golf season is exciting, but I always circle back to St. Louis and remember the feeling of the PGA Championship here in 2018. There's going to be more of that to come, so just be ready. The golf community is bracing for it here in St. Louis, and it's an exciting time, no doubt. But I, I, I look forward to seeing what Jordan Spieth does in 2022. One of the big names in the game. Love to see him playing at a very high level at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Thank you for joining us on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. Our producer is James O'Sullivan. I'm Tom Ackerman. Great guests across the board and we look forward to next week as we will air this show on Super Bowl Sunday. And we'll have some people in L.A. covering that for us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.